0: Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I'm in the middle of a series on heaven. Uh, Anybody been getting something out of heaven? It's changing my focus. I'm like, I I get stuck, as I just said, I get stuck uh, thinking about the here, thinking about the now, thinking about what's coming up, what just happened. Uh, I I don't know if you remember anticipating, it's like that giddy excitement that you'd get when Christmas is around the corner right? As a kid, right? Now, now, parents are like, oh, Christmas is around the corner, right? No, but when you used to go, oh, Christmas is coming, or your birthday is about to happen, right? When you're a little kid, it's like all this anticipation, this building up, this counting down until the days. It's like seven more days, and I'm going to be nine, you know? And it's like, and then, and it was always, how old are you? Nine and a half. You're always so anxious to get to the next one, and then I'll say, I'm in my 30s right? But then the older I get, I'm like, yeah, I'm like pushing it, you know, and then I'm like, I'm 58 and a half, you know, so it's those kinds of things, you know, but it's the anticipation, and I realize that this time of year, you know, now school's out, and people are anticipating the hope for a summer vacation. And I think some of the students are like, I just want to be back on campus, and I know the all right, it's like I don't have to do schoolwork anymore, but but it's like this anticipation of what's going to happen, and and all. And as Christians, I realize that we are looking forward, and that's the title of today. We're looking forward, but I'm asking in this series, consistently each week, what is it we're really looking forward to? When we say something like heaven, when we when we use this this phrase, eternal life. What, what exactly does that mean, right? Well, I'm trying to get our head in the clouds in this series. The thing is, is there's plenty of people in our world who are either atheists or what I call spiritual but not religious, who do not believe in what we would consider to be an afterlife, a life after life. And so I want to give several short answers, and I'm calling them short answers because as I've been saying over each week, that we could go on and on. There's so much the Bible talks about in regards to heaven, but I want to give three short answers to several questions today. Here's the first question I want to answer. Why do Christians believe that heaven is a real place? Christians specifically, I'm coming from this perspective today, right? Well, here's your, here's your first answer. If you've got your app, open up your app. Uh, if you're filling in the blanks today, here's the first answer to why Christians believe heaven is real. The Bible talks about it. <laughs> that, that's our first place, right? In 44 of the 66 books that make up what we call the Bible, heaven is mentioned. In 44 of the 66 books, heaven is mentioned. I think God wants us to get focused. If he talked about it that much throughout the prophets, throughout all the people that are speaking here, uh, something tells me God's wanting to get our, our attention in regards to this. I, I, there's several topics that are throughout the Bible. In fact, if you pick any page, just so we all know this, you pick any page, go ahead and just, you know, it's called Bible roulette. You can just, I don't, I don't care what page you pick. One subject on every page of the Bible, Every single page of the Bible, one subject, communication, communication between God and kings, between prophets and people, between armies and you know there's husbands and wives, parents and children, business owners, people who are making money, communication communication, and so that that always logs in my mind I go. God must want me to get this thing down. If he wrote that much about it, if there's that much wisdom about the proper way to communicate, I should probably be paying attention to that because I need help in my communication with my bride, with my children, with my congregation, where I work, people I'm interacting with. I I need help with my communication. And so I go, Lord, what do you want to teach me about communication? And so I can open up anywhere and learn about communication. Well, this particular subject, again, heaven, over 400 references. I'm thinking, wow, 400 different times. Again, in 44 of the 66 books, I'm thinking, man, there's something going on here. But there's something even better than just that the Bible talks about it. Here's your second blank this morning. Jesus assured us about heaven. We got to take that. We got to take that all the way. Jesus was the one who talked about heaven a lot. And we can be sure that heaven is real because we know that Jesus was real. And I'll tell you what, Jesus doesn't lie at any point. Last week, we heard Jesus's take on heaven. I read this last week. I'm gonna read it again for you. John chapter 14, listen to this. Listen to what he says. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to that. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this. Hey, man, when, when troubles come, and they will come. Here's what he says in John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. I need you to do the double trust. Trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. And if this wasn't so, would I have told you that I'm going to go prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. And, and you guys know where I'm going. You guys know where I'm headed. I'm headed to heaven. Well, his confirmation, the confirmation of Jesus, is really all that we need when it comes to is there a heaven? Because Jesus came down from heaven, he could actually tell us about heaven. And that's why we can believe in heaven. John chapter three, verse 13 says this, no one's ever gone to heaven and returned. Listen, but the son of man came down from heaven. So that's what makes me pay attention. If Jesus is talking about heaven, I wanna listen to him because he's been there. What did Jesus have to say about heaven? Who's better to tell us about heaven than the one who came from heaven? And I go, what did he have to say about it? And that's what we're discovering in this series. Here, here's the second question I want to quickly, again, quickly cover. There's so much that we could say about these things, but here's the second question. What is heaven going to be like? I've talked about some of the details over the last couple of weeks, but what's heaven going to be like? This is the first one I covered a couple of weeks ago. There's going to be newness. Everybody here knows what newness is, right? We, we got the, the new tires, and it feels like the car drives differently, doesn't it? You, you get a new car, and you go, it has that new car smell, right? We get the new shoes, and we like, stepping on other people, right? right? No, you get the new shoes, like, oh, it fe- it's just something about new feels amazing. Well, I covered a couple weeks ago that there's a couple different kinds of new, but I want you to hear this we all like to experience newness. I like to experience newness. There's, there's this joy, there's this excitement that comes with it, but there is no new that's going to be able to compare with this new, the new of heaven. What I talked about a few weeks ago called kainos, I, I dug into this Greek word where it talks about better than ever. Like you can't imagine how good, well, I can imagine pretty good. Yeah, then go beyond that. I remember when someone first told me about Yosemite and they said, well, Half Dome is just this huge rock. And I'm like, well, how huge? It's bigger than you can imagine. And I go, I can imagine pretty big. And they said, no, no, no it's bigger than that. And I'm like, nah. and I pulled into the valley floor and I went, Gah! that's a bigger rock than I could have imagined. Heaven's bigger. We, we, we need to get this into our minds, right? There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I, and I mentioned to you the s'mores, right? The s'mores of heaven. It's like I, I used to think heaven was a graham cracker, but it's more than just a sweet piece of cracker, right? It's like a saltine with sugar instead of salt, right? And I, I, want, the, I want the marshmallows of heaven. I want the chocolate. I want, I want something better, right? Well, this morning I want to tell you there's not just the s'more of heaven, but there's the no more of heaven. There's the no more of heaven. We went over it last week. In Revelation, it said no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But watch what happens. In Revelation chapter 7, you got your Bibles. Just flip all the way to the back there. Revelation chapter 7, starting in verse 16. Look, at what, look what's recorded here. You're going to love this. They will never be hungry or thirsty. This is in heaven. They will never be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. No more hunger, no more thirst, no more sunburns, no more sunscreen. I'm like, yes, this this place is for me. My fair skin, I'm like, the Irish comes out when the sun gets out. It's like, I, I burn on everything, right? But it's not just the new heaven. It's not just the new earth. Part of that newness, listen to me, is that we get restored to God's original intent. The newness is gonna be, us. And I'll tell you what, I'm ready for that. For those of you who work, listen to me. Sweat is part of work. And work is part of the curse that happened when we got kicked out of Eden. Those of you moms who've been pregnant, pain in childbirth is part of this. I'm like, is there childbirth in heaven? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm beginning to go into the Kanos realm and I'm like, so what's heaven like? If, if we take away all the curse, sweating and working and pain, and right, there's no more pain, then what is heaven like? And listen, let me be very clear. I'm going to pause for a moment. We don't become angels, folks. That's not what the Bible says. I, I, it's something that irritates me. I just want to throttle people. Well, God needed another angel. We do not become angels. There's something new. In heaven, what a joy it's going to be to know, right, that we're dealing with new bodies. These new bodies that identify, I don't know about you, identify with what Paul called, you know, our bodies are wasting away right? I'm like, man, I used to be able to do that, and I can't anymore. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 50, look what he says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he's talking, Paul talks a lot about the new bodies. Chapter 15, starting in verse 50, going through verse 54, listen to what he says. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies can't inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies can't inherit what's going to last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Hey, listen in. We will not die. We will be transformed It's going to happen in a moment, in the blinking of an eye, and the last trumpet's blown. When the last trumpet sounds, those who've died are going to be raised to live forever. Those who are living are also going to be transformed. Our dying bodies, listen to this, must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. When our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture is going to be uh, fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. In the Old Testament, death, where's your sting? See, that's, that's this part of heaven that I'm really looking forward to. No more disease. No more ailments. No more debilitations. No more handicaps. No more fallen arches. No more aching back. No more crick in the neck. No, I'm like, wait, what? You've got my attention now. Heaven is going to change all that? Again, what an incredible joy we're going to have to receive our new bodies when we are fresh, when we are strong, when we've got new energy, when we are vibrant, when we are flourishing. Here's another thing that's going to happen. There's not just going to be newness. There's also going to be purity. There is no sin in heaven. None. There's going to be purity in heaven. I'm looking forward to that. No temptation in heaven. I'm looking forward to that. Because I am tempted to do a lot of things that I know I can't do. I, I tease right here from the pulpit. I know some people may be offended. I apologize. I don't want to be offended. I don't want to be offensive. But I, want, I do want to punch people in the throat, right? That guy cut me off. That guy's acting rude. I'm like, I just, I just, there's part of me that I go, it's, just, it's, a, it's a reaction, and I have learned to respond. But it's there. The temptation's real. Well, in heaven, there is no temptation. Nothing's going to ever be allowed to enter into heaven. The shameful practices of what we encounter every day here in heaven, or here on earth. Here's, here's what we're going to see there. We're, gonna, we're only going to see the people, not the people who drive us crazy. Listen to this. Because we're all going to be transformed. We're going to see the people whose names are written in the book of life. Bible says there's a book of life and names are written in it. And we get to heaven, everything's beautiful, nothing's ugly, nothing's disgusting. We're going to have pure relationships there. I'm like, I want want pure relationships. In this world here, we've got divisions. It's hard. Every day I go, come on, you guys, let's, let's move away from that. Hey, hey world, stop. No, we don't have to invade that country. Hey, no, don't do that. No, don't burn that city down. No, wait, wait, not in that name, don't do that. Clicks, racism, hatred, discord. In heaven, there are no distinctions of color or ethnicity. Look what Galatians chapter three verse eight says. Here's what, he, he says, hey listen, I want you to understand this. In regards to the scriptures, we're looking forward to a time when God's going to make the Gentiles right in his sight, listen to this, because of their faith. Look what Paul says in Galatians. He says, God proclaimed this good news to Abraham a long time ago. He said, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through you. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. See, all of a sudden we start moving away from these ethnic separations, these color separations, these gender separations. There's neither fa- male nor female, Greek nor Hebrew, right? There's no Romans. There's, no, we're, we're getting rid of all of those divisions. And I'm looking forward to that. We are going to be, finally, we're going to be able to say it, one big happy Family. We've never been able to say it on the planet. But we will that day. One big happy family. There's going to be harmony with God's creatures. I'll tell you what, man. I'm I'm a pretty courageous guy. But, man, get me around like insects that move faster than me. I do not like grasshoppers. Man. They just like, and they they right at me. What is that? Right? Oh, uh, again, pretty courageous guy. I do not like snakes. I'll do what needs to be done when it comes down to it, right? My neighbor had a snake coming up into her house. I come over and get the job done. But then, as soon as I get the job done and I get rid of the snake, I'm like, (laughs) you know, it's like I was courageous when I needed to be, but man, snakes freak me out. There's gonna be harmony with God's creation. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, the Bible says this listen to what it says The wolf and the lamb. Will feed together. I thought the wolf feeds on the lamb, right? No, no, they'll eat together. I'm like, wait a minute, right? The lion will eat like the cow. I'm like, what? The lion eats the cow. No, heaven's gonna change all that. There's gonna be purity in all relationships, in all of creation. Here's another one you wanna fill this one in. There's gonna be understanding. I don't know about you, I got a whole bunch of unanswered questions. I wake up in the morning and go, it's the worst question. I encourage you, please just remove this question from your vocabulary. Why? It's honestly, it's a stupid question because there's really no good answer for it. Why did my friend die? I can tell you why, but you're not going to like what the answer is. Why did this thing happen? Why, why? Why? I look at my kids all the time. Duh, parents, listen. Don't ask why. They, there's not a good reason for it. What? Why did you do that? Best answer that always comes. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Nobody knows, right? But I got so many questions. But here's. It's been said that heaven is where questions and answers become one. As soon as you begin oh, I, now I have full understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, now we see things imperfectly. It's like puzzling reflections in a mirror. It's like, what's going on there? Right? Then we're gonna see everything perfectly. We're gonna see everything with clarity. All now, everything now that is partial and incomplete. Then, listen to this, I love this. For all those, you want to be know-it-alls. Here, this scripture's for you. I'm going to know it all. Completely. Just as, listen to this, God knows me completely. I'm going to know. It's like, I don't have to ask questions anymore. We might have a lot of why questions about events on our lives in our lives here on earth. But I want you to hear this, being inquisitive about the things where the Bible is silent. We're going to get those answers. It's like, but the Bible doesn't talk about this. The Bible doesn't talk about that. I want you to know we can look forward with eager anticipation. We can look forward to having answers to our questions, the questions that leave us aching even. Here's another piece for you. There's going to be beauty. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm one who, who I actually really like to stop. I like to stop and, and just... Literally, I like to stop and smell the roses, but I've been talking over the last several weeks about the walls in heaven, The gates in heaven, the streets in heaven, right? And how absolutely amazing, which by the way, there's only gates and walls because we're keeping all the evil out, right? Remember, only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So there's there's this beauty that we've been talking about in heaven, but watch this. I'm back in Revelation again. Revelation chapter 22, man, so good. He went all these details. God gives us these details for us. He says, the angel showed me, John's writing this down, right? John the the disciple, John the apostle. He says, the angel showed me a river. Listen how beautiful this is. And in the river, it's the water of life that's flowing in this river. And this water of life is clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, And it flows down the center of the main street and on both sides of the street, on both sides of this river that's flowing down the street, there grows a tree of life. And this tree, listen to this fantastic, this is get back to Canos, right? Beyond what you could imagine happening. Because we, we see this, you're going to see it and you go, how does that happen? Canos. Watch here, it says, it gets 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And when it's describing this, it's not saying you get fresh oranges in January and fresh oranges in February and fresh oranges in March and fresh oranges in April. No, it's like this tree. You get avocados in January and pears in February and cantaloupes. And you're like, wait, what? 12 different crops are on one tree every single month. Something. See, can you imagine that? I just, I go, wait a minute. Listen to what it says. Bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. Listen to this. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the cut and the, you know, takes away the bruise. If you, you kind of take onion and you leave it on there and you put a piece of garlic on that corn on the bottom of your foot. No, 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 listen to this. The crops are used to heal the nations. Not a bruise, not a cut. Oh, this, this is a great herbal medication in case you're bleeding. It stops the bleeding. These leaves heal the nations. No longer, I love this last phrase, will there be a curse on anything? And, and, and that line right there, I go, wait a minute. So what does that mean for Kanos? If you missed that message, I, I encourage you to go back a couple weeks, listen to it on Facebook, YouTube, however you get it. K-nos. A quick synopsis, if you did miss it. it's the difference between walking around in a pair of shoes and having a jetpack instead. Canos. It's this tree that grows, these trees that grow on the, the river of life, that flows into these trees creates 12 different crops. Wait, what? Leaves heal nations. Man, I want this tree. This is the tree I pray for now. Our nations need healing. Think of the most perfect place on earth. Go ahead, just get it in your mind. Your dream destination, where is it, right? Some might say, you know, tropical Hawaii, Bermuda, the, you know, I don't know. Others might say Alaska, Colorado, Rockies. I I don't know what your place is, right? But I, and and I've seen, I want you to know, I've seen a lot of beauty here on this planet. I, I take it in. I've been to beautiful places in in the middle of the jungles of Central America, Belize. I mean, I've been to the Australian Great Barrier Reef. I've scuba-dived on the Great Barrier Reef. I found Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen some really, like, wow places. I took the road to Hana. I've seen some beautiful places. Heaven's better. And I go, I've seen rainbow eucalyptus in Australia. Anybody seen a rainbow eucalyptus? Like we got eucalyptus here, but these are Spanish eucalyptus. They're different than what what we're talking. Rainbow eucalyptus, it's literally the trunks, they twist and there's the blue, yellow, orange, green. The the trunk of the trees is fantastical color. Google it after church. Heaven's better? Heaven's Canos. Heaven's gonna be better than that. All of this pales in comparison to the beauty of heaven. Here, here's my last question I wanna answer today. What are we gonna do there? Okay, do I just get to sit around and take in, Wow! oh, yeah, you're right? What, what, what happens in heaven? What am I gonna be doing there? Because I'll tell you what, forever? That's a long time forever is a long time, right? So are we going to be busy? Are we going to be bored? What are we going to be doing? Here's the first thing we're going to do when we're there. We're going to be judged. Let me start there. We will be judged. We're all going to heaven. Not everybody's staying. That's what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, we all have to stand before Christ to be judged. We're all going to receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil that we have done in this earthly life. In this earthly body, we will be judged. We're going to be judged for our works since we became Christians. He goes, hey, this is what we, once, once you were redeemed, once you were restored, what did you do with that life that I gave you? He's going to ask that question. We're going to be rewarded as well. That's the second thing we're going to do. We're going to be rewarded. Sure, we're going to be judged, but we're also going to be rewarded. Jesus said, in, again, chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 22, he says, listen to me. I am coming, and I am bringing with me my reward to repay people according to their deeds. The only reason I can breathe easy is because of a great, great, great five-letter word right out of the Bible. Because, listen, if it wasn't for this word, I'd go, oh, I'm gonna get repaid bad. Grace. For those who put their hope and their trust and their faith in Jesus, there is grace. And I go, oh, good, because, man, I'm not looking forward to that repayment I'm really not looking forward to it. And then I go, wait a minute. I'm going to be judged by my works since I put my faith in Christ. I'm going to be rewarded for that. Now listen to me. That judgment of things done while we were Christians, that reward while we were done as Christians, right? We're going to be rewarded, listen, this is encouraging, with different, what the Bible calls crowns, blessings. There's a crown of perseverance, Anybody persevering these days? There's a crown of perseverance. There's a crown of soul winning. The evangelist out here who just can't help but share Jesus with someone and love on people the way Jesus loved on you. There's a crown of life. There's a crown of righteousness that we are given when we get to heaven. Listen to these crowns. Scripture gives all of these crowns. There's a crown of glory for shepherding the flock of God. And I go, do I get to have that one? And then I remember, and then I remember what James said. Teachers are gonna be judged more strictly. So I have to be very careful with my words. That's why I go after communication. I wanna really work on my communication. Because teachers, those who teach the word of God will be judged more strictly in order to get that crown of glory for shepherding God's flock. But I, I want that crown. I want the crown of perseverance. Because I'll tell you what, I am tempted. I told you I was tempted, right? I'm tempted to go, forget it. Except I usually don't say that. I say, screw it. Right? I'm like, I'm not done. Put a fork in me, I'm finished, right? It's like, no, listen. The, God says, I have a crown for you. Here, here's the third thing we're going to do when we get to heaven. We're going to worship. And those of you who don't like your voice, you'll have a kanos voice. You will be Pavarotti, right? Okay. You'll have this beautiful voice. There's going to be plenty of singing, praising, worshiping going on in heaven. Revelation chapter 5. It's amazing. Revelation chapter 5. John is writing all this down about stuff that he's seeing. He's seeing the the throne is surrounded. He sees the scroll is opened up and people are singing and lambs are doing this and that and the other thing. And they open up this scroll, right? But look what happens in verse 13. He says, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sun and in the sea. Every creature, here's Kano's, every creature is singing, I heard every creature singing, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Every creature singing. I go, wait, what? Here's the last thing we're going to do. We're going to work. There is going to be work to be done we're gonna have responsibilities. The Bible says we're not just gonna serve, we're also gonna reign with Jesus. We're gonna reign with him, I said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus rewards his servants by telling them, in Matthew 25, he says, hey, those of you who've been responsible for the little things, I'm gonna make you responsible over more. When does that happen? See, I, I don't know exactly how, I don't know exactly where, I don't know exactly what we're gonna do, but I know it's gonna be amazing. The stuff that we're gonna do in heaven, it's gonna be a blast because we're gonna be face-to-face with God Almighty and the great cloud of witnesses that have been watching us run this race. The people who are going, come on, you could do it, you could do it. I'm hoping to have some conversations with Moses, with Paul, with David, with John. I, I'll tell you, I have one conversation I'm really looking forward. I know I'm gonna have conversations with Jesus. I'm looking forward to my conversation with Jonah. Dude, what was that like? And then I remember, oh, yeah, there's no more questions. I have all the answers. I'm like, oh. (laughs) We're going to be reunited with loved ones who we miss dearly here on earth. Heaven will someday be my home. And the words of Dorothy from Oz, ain't no place like home. I just want to go home. I'm tired. I'm tired of sweating. I'm tired of working. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of life. Listen, I I love you. You know I love you. But but you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And you can call it the yellow brick road around here, but I'm tired. Beloved, if you long for a place called home, that is my prayer for us this morning. Let me pray. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that as we have this time together, you would help us to focus on that which is good, right, beautiful, lovely, worthy of praise, and that is heaven. And I'm asking in Jesus' name, would you help us to focus our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears on heaven?